My life be like ooh, ah, yeah, ooh, My life be yeah. like And welcome back in. Greg Davis here with you this evening. We hope you're doing well, and we appreciate you being with us right here at Truth 101 WXJC. It is Priority Talk. And uh, something we haven't done as much of um, lately as we did once upon a time. You know, over the course of the years of this show, we've sort of flown, flowed through uh, different seasons and different emphases and things like that, and we still do that. Um, something I want to get back to doing, though, for a little while, uh, at least for a season, now that school has started back, is just sort of doing some emphasis um, on, on our kids and, uh, and doing a little, uh, maybe, maybe we'll call it parent talk, and just making you aware of uh, some issues, some trends, um, and, and this, this could involve um, going forward as we do more of this. It could involve you know real parenting advice, or some of it just may be knowledge sake. And I've got some of those for you. Uh, this evening that I thought would be interesting for you just to know about. Uh, I pull these from different sources, and uh, and, and some of these are, are really, um, I've been sort of stockpiling them and, and finding them, and some of them are really more, uh, I, I would say, just even secular uh, studies and secular data and information from secular sources, but I think there's a lot of insight in it for uh, for us as parents. Uh, let me talk about one here. Um, this this was from Health Day, and it talks about America's uh, emergency rooms. You know, nobody likes to go to the emergency room. I mean, that, that's like the worst thing that can happen is you ha- if you wind up in the emergency room. Uh, you, you know, first of all, it costs a lot. Second of all, it, it takes forever, and it, and it also means you're you're in a handle. Something bad's happened. So it's just not a good situation, right? Um, well, America's emergency rooms, get this, are being flooded by children, not with broken arms or broken legs or concussions or needing stitches or appendix or issues like that. I'm sure those are out there. But the report from Health Day says that America emergency rooms are being flooded by children suffering from psychiatric emergencies like anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, attempts. Uh, and uh, this is from three leading medical associations, uh, warning of this. It's a surge in pediatric mel- uh, mental health emergencies. And some emergency rooms are being overwhelmed by this. Now, I don't work in an emergency room. I don't know anyone who does specifically that I can think of works in an emergency room. I'm sure maybe I do know somebody and just don't know that's what they do because I know some doctors and nurses and such. Uh, but uh, I wonder if any of us out there have have found this to be true uh, here locally. Uh, it, it's uh, overwhelmed ERs across the U.S. is what the report says. And um, this is uh, something else. Every year, about a half million children with mental and behavioral health problems are evaluated in ERs. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I, I just, boy, how bad has it got to be for you to rush to the ER with a psychological issue? I mean, I know sometimes there's conditions of schizophrenia and things like that. I, I get that, and maybe that's what a lot of this is. But ER visits spurred by mental health problems have increased 120% at, uh, at children's hospitals. They did. Um, back uh, Now, these are, this is some years back, from 2007 to 2016. So this isn't just a COVID thing. This has been happening. And uh, the rate among general hospitals 
rose by 55% during the same period. So 120% at at children's hospitals and 55% uh, at general hospitals, i.e. probably more adults. Emergency room cases involving a pediatric mental health crisis tend to be very complex and require a much longer hospital stay. They say it can be 17 hours versus five hours on average. And um, some of the folks, the doctors involved with this, say it's unfortunately it's not unusual for patients with mental and behavioral emergencies to stay in the emergency room for over 48 hours, which can exasperate their emergencies. I I just wonder, is this something that uh, we're observing just, um, you know, naturally? Are we seeing this happen? Um, I'm not in youth ministry per se directly any longer. Uh, are, are our youth pastors out there? Are you guys hearing of reports from your parents and th- hearing, you know, from the school, maybe some of our principals, teachers? Oh, so-and-so is not here today. They went to the emergency room last night. Oh, my goodness, what happened to them? Well, they were having a, a mental issue, a mental health issue. Are, are we hearing this? Uh, it, it, it's a disturbing trend. I mean, when you look at uh, the numbers and to think that they're being overwhelmed. And when you think of ERs being overwhelmed, and then you think about um, uh, the crunch that, that, that was put on our hospitals during uh, COVID and the fact that, as we talked about earlier, that we are now seeing a variant. We're seeing variants of COVID. I mean, I've heard of more people with COVID. We talked about this earlier today. I've heard of more people with COVID the last couple of weeks. And it just makes you wonder, if, uh, if, if this is going to be ramped back up or not. And then you take this on top of it, that overwhelms um, our, our emergency rooms and our hospitals. So um, now they do say it would be best if many of these children never reach an ER, but rather would be referred to a psychiatric crisis center or a community health center. Of course, if they've got, you know, if they're on the verge of committing suicide, you know, if you find your child trying to hang themselves or cut themselves and you know, these kind of things. Um, but um, it's, a uh, you know, this mental health issue, wh- whatever you want to sort of think it is, I, I think mental health is, is also very strongly linked to spiritual health. Uh, th- the two are certainly linked together in my mind. Uh, finally, for every 124,000 children, there's one mental health professional which is completely inadequate, is what this report gives. As many as 55% of all the counties in the U.S. do not have one psychiatric professional. Um, so anyway, uh, it's just this issue of uh, ERs being overwhelmed, uh, flooded with children uh, and, and, and teenagers underage seeking psychological or mental health awareness. Uh, another article that I came across that I thought just interesting, okay, uh, for parents or for those of us who care about our teens and our kids and just try to understand uh, I, I don't, you know, I, I guess I shouldn't talk about things I don't consider myself to be an expert in, but I'm not. I'm, I'm going to read to you what some of the experts say. And again, this is from a secular source. And so, uh, you know, this isn't biased. I, I don't think toward, um, you know, toward a, a Christian worldview. You know, sometimes we see things and you go, well, that's kind of, you know, the, the angle they're coming at. I think this is, uh, you know, I don't always trust medical sources either. But this is from Medical Express. Uh, and it talks about the link between teen smoking uh, nicotine addiction and the uh, the frontal lobes of teenagers. 
So it talks about the gray matter in the brain, that tissue that processes information and, uh, and, and also has all the, the, the brain's neurons. And brain development, I hope you know this as a parent, continues into adulthood. You know, that, that's why you look at sometimes you look at your, your kids or even your middle schooler or your high schooler and you say, what are you thinking? What, what, how could you have done this? And they just look at you with a, a puppy dog look. Um, really, their brain is not developed. And it, and it continues into adulthood. And, and that's why you see some seem to mature maybe you know upper teens lower 20s and man they've got it and then it takes some 25 or 30 i've seen even beyond that sometimes uh before they're it seems like they actually completely have these decision making risk taking uh you know uh uh, development complete in their mind And, and then it's a matter of just making good decisions but at least you are uh, are capable of making good decisions based upon your brain development. Uh, so this gray matter in the in the brain is sort of um, what this is talking about. Uh, it it, it, uh, it the growth of gray matter in the brain peaks before adolescence. Okay, and so uh, what this tells us is that levels of gray matter in two parts of the brain may be linked to a desire to start smoking during adolescence. You know, sometimes you see that. You see kids and they get involved in smoking, or I'm assuming this could even relate to, to vaping and things like that. And, um, and and you just go, why would you do that? You know, you haven't seen this modeled at home, but, but they fall into it somehow. Well, the levels of gray matter in the brain may be linked to this. And now, this was a team of scientists out of uh, Cambridge and uh, Warwick in the U.K., uh, Fudan University in China. They analyzed brain imaging and behavioral data of over 800 young people at the ages of 14, 19, and 23. And they found that on average, teenagers who started smoking by 14 years of age had markedly less gray matter in a section of the left frontal lobe linked to decision-making and rule-breaking. They had less gray matter. So low gray matter volume in the left side of the prefrontal cortex could be an inheritable biomarker for nicotine addiction. And, uh, and it, so there's implications there, obviously, for prevention and for treatment. And so the scientists uh, found that the opposite, the right part of the brain, same region, also had less gray matter in smokers. And importantly, loss of gray matter in the right prefrontal cortex appears to speed up only after someone has started smoking. The region is linked to the seeking of sensations. So this is just neuroscience uh, uh, and, and just trying to understand why things happen the way they happen. You know, we live in a fallen world. Uh, our bodies are fallen. And they're not the way God intended for us to be. The results of sin have taken their toll. And, and these are the kind of things that, uh, that happen in the human body and the human brain that do affect our lives. And, you know, we still have to make good decisions. But just understand, a lot of times your kids need a lot of guidance. Uh, if, they're, if, they're, if they're slow on this, uh, this uh, decision-making and risk-taking and... and um, 
rule breaking, you know, parts of the brain that help process those things, if they're not there yet, or if they're not where they where others may be, uh, they're ripe to fall into different types of temptations that are there. And so, uh, you know, the mind is a very important thing. So we have to uh, cultivate that mind and we have to walk with them and, and give them extra accountability at those ages, you know, to think that you can um, turn a 12 or 13 or 14 year old and think they're going to make all the right decisions. No, not going to happen. Any of us that are parents know that. But um, this gives a little reasoning to it, though, a little thought behind some of the things that teenagers will get involved in, and you just wonder how, why. Okay, um, interesting stuff there. Let's take a break. I'll come back. I've got one more of these kind of studies that I thought I'd share with you, and it's uh, in relation to middle schoolers as well. Now that school's back in, I know we got a lot of you know parents listening, um, teachers, youth ministers, youth workers, and so it's interesting just to sort of challenge our minds sometimes onto these. Uh, these creatures we call teenagers, my goodness, uh, we love them, but man, oh man, uh, they, they need a lot of support from us in this world that we're living in now. It's Priority Talk, Greg Davis, here on Truth 101, WXJC. Give me just a couple of minutes and I'll be right back and I'll tell you about this last one as we wrap up this evening's program. Priority Talk. Scale your business with a dedicated team of experts. A marketing vendor focuses on profit. A marketing partner focuses on your business. With Dot Edison, there is no more taking, only serving. Feel great about your marketing with Dot Edison. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at dotedison.com. Hey everybody, this is Kurt Cameron and you're listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk. And we're back in for our final moments together. Glad you're with us this evening. Thank you for listening to Truth 101, WXJC Radio. Priority Talk, it's good news, Christian values, as always. Look, we start at 5 o'clock. You're late to the party if you're just joining us, but better late than never. Uh, join us as early as you can, 5 until 7. Listen for the entire two hours, if possible. you got 22 other hours to get everything else done. Uh, here we are, man. We only asked for two we'll take all you can give us of them all right we're talking through uh, some issues that uh back to school issues we're talking to parents youth workers teachers principals administrators and, and just um not that these issues aren't spiritual because they are we're, we're tying the spiritual in but just some information that's out there about teenagers and kids that um uh, that, that comes more from a scientific um you know discovery a, a, a medical background uh we talked just a few moments ago about how america's emergency rooms are flooded with kids and mental health crisis um, those numbers are just exploding uh, kids that uh, are are struggling with uh, psychiatric emergencies like anxiety depression and suicidal thoughts or suicide attempts uh, so that's a that's a big issue last thing you ever want to do is wind up in the emergency room but a lot are and not for physical, but for uh, mental emergencies. Uh, then we talked about uh, how the gray matter in the frontal lobes of teenagers, uh, there's a lot of 
a lot of good information out here that it's linked to teenage smoking and nicotine addiction. The gray matter in the uh, on the left frontal vortex of the brain is uh, seeming to be an indicator of a propensity uh, toward uh, addiction of smoking and nic- nicotine addiction. So that was very interesting as well. Both of these coming from uh, secular, you know, medical studies. And here's one more uh, for us. Those of you that have middle schoolers, you know, you know, man, middle school, such a tough time. And of course, that's when so many of uh, these that are dealing with gender dysphoria and those kind of issues first start sort of, you know, dealing with that stuff, you know, uh, I, I, even if they're not even if they're not verbal about it or vocal about it, oftentimes they uh, may already be struggling with it during that that middle school puberty, you know, early middle school puberty time. And honestly, puberty's gotten earlier and earlier, it seems like. Uh, but, uh, you know, you're not comfortable in your body. Lots of things going on there. Well, a new research shows that... Um, uh, now, now, look, I'm just going to get in. I'm going to call it. These are labels. They had they had boundaries of how they set these. So let me give you this. It was in the Journal of Youth and Adolescence. Some of you won't like the way this turns out, but just, just hang with it. Uh, that uh, as, as children are going back to school, this uh, study by Florida, Florida Atlantic University helps explain why adolescents who lack traits valued by peers are at risk for adjustment difficulties. This is, again, Florida Atlantic University uh, from the Journal of Youth and Adolescence. It shows that low attractive youth and low athletic youth, okay, as seen by their peers. Now, I know to mom and dad, all you kids are beautiful. I got that, okay? But this is a study, so there were, you know, uh, there were uh, marks put down to, uh, to, to get to this. Low attractive youth and low athletic youth became increasingly unpopular over the course of a school year. That led to subsequent increases in their loneliness and alcohol misuse. Put simply, the peer group, the other kids, punish those who do not have those highly valued traits of what they call good looking or being good at sports. And that puts a strain on on a child. The study put to rest stereotypes about sex differences and traits important for success with peers. For decades, it was assumed that not being athletic was particularly problematic for boys and that not being attractive was particularly problematic for girls. Now, you know, we can say that stuff's not important, and in the long run, it's really not for about 99% of the kids out there. Uh, but you're not, you know, kids aren't thinking that far ahead. They, they don't have that ability to process that, hey, yeah, you can be good at sports right now, but um, I've got some other traits out here. Yeah, you can be good at sports right now, and in 10 years from now, you'll be working for me. You know, what I mean? I'll be your boss. They, they don't, they're not able to think that far ahead typically. Uh, the findings reveal a transformation in adolescent social culture such that social penalties attached to being low in attractiveness or low in athleticism. Uh, Now, here was the deal that it's no longer gender specific. It was thought to be true for boys, but now boys and girls did not differ in the extent to which unpopularity and adjustment problems flowed from low attractiveness and low athleticism. 
uh, as their unpopularity grows, so do their problems. So what they're saying is, if they don't have this certain look that other kids or themselves, you know, because kids compare themselves to the world, they compare themselves to everyone else, and let's don't say adults don't do it either, because we do. I mean, just go scroll social media. We compare ourselves to one another, uh, and, and kids do the exact same thing, but they don't exactly have the coping skills to, uh, to, to deal with that, some of the results of that. And so what this says is that when they don't feel attractive or they don't feel like they're athletic, say they don't make the team or they're not starting or they're not the star or whatever, their unpopularity grows. And then they have problems. That's what the study was showing. And that can be loneliness, which can definitely lead into those ER visits we were talking about earlier. And it can lead to alcohol misuse. Now, this study, now this, uh, the source on this was Science Daily. Um, but it uh, first appeared um, in, the, the, in the, uh, this, the article, but the, uh, the, the research appeared in the Journal of Youth and Adolescence. So uh, the study included 580 middle school students. They ranged in age from 10 until 13. Participants were asked to identify classmates who best fit the following descriptors. Athletic, good at sports, attractive, really good looking, and unpopular. They also described how often they felt lonely and how often they drank alcohol to the point of intoxication during the past month. Um, you know, guys, we, we have to take a real look at where kids are. And, you know, you're talking about 10 to 13-year-olds, and they're, they're studying uh, how often they drank alcohol to the point of being drunk in the last month. So, uh, so really what this is saying, just keep parents, youth ministers, workers, teachers, Life is harder, this is what this study tells us, for, for kids, adolescents, who don't have that feeling of attractiveness or athleticism. That's just the overall. There's exceptions in that, of course. There's some who are mature enough, and they press through that, and they get it. But look, when you don't feel attractive, then you start feeling like you're in the wrong body. Next thing you know, this is how a lot of this temptation comes along. So um, the, these kids become increasingly unpopular over the course of a school year, and that leads to uh, increases in issues like loneliness and even alcohol. Their problems increase as their unpopularity grows. So I would imagine that as a school year wears on, especially at that age, you know, you know you're starting sort of those school teams where people get cut, you know, when you play little league and you play uh, all the you know travel ball things like that people aren't really getting cut necessarily not hardcore like it is once you hit that age uh, but now you get cut from the team oh my goodness I'm not athletic and oh my goodness now I've got all this going on with my face and my body and my <laughs> and and it leads to problems and so uh, peer groups punish those who they don't who don't have those valued traits like being good looking or being good at sports and, uh, and it's, it doesn't seem to matter between boys and girls, which is a little bit of a difference. 
So there's this social culture and there's social penalty, penalties attached to uh, this, no matter the gender. So just interesting kind of, um, you know, information, I would say. I, I, you know, I'm not telling you can fix all this stuff or anything, but just be aware of it, you know, as we're working with our kids and seeing kids at church and school and ball games and seeing them. Man, do what you can do to sort of give them, you know, they're getting a lot of down pressures, a lot of temptation. See what you can do to sort of give them some up pressures and some some positivity into their life. They need that. They need it. The more they feel uh, that they have these, um, uh, don't have these valued traits, the more it wears on them and the more problems they begin to have. Some of this seems like common sense, but... Sometimes common sense isn't so common anymore. All right, Greg Davis here with you, Priority Talk Radio. Sure enjoyed this particular program with you. Don't forget, we'll be back tomorrow as well, 5 until 7. If you missed uh, some of the program, be sure and check it out on the podcast. PriorityTalkRadio.com or on your favorite podcast platform, Priority Talk. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, everybody.